Ooh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, everybody happy to be here? Seems like we've asked that question before, and everybody said yes. So we'll just be happy with our happy selves. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bible to Isaiah 26, and uh, we'll start kind of there. You know, one of the things that we were talking about last week, and that we've been talking about, you know, our our vision of God, our vision of His mercy, our vision of His love, our what we believe about Him, um, the truth that we believe. It's not it's not just the truth; it's the truth you know that makes you free. And you know, knowing that truth, well, just think about uh, what is it? Uh, faith comes by hearing. What is that? Romans. 1017 7, try try Romans 1017 put that verse up for me and if you if that's not it find it for me there you go I was right there look at that when you are a professor your mind just grows I mean it's just whew. sometimes I just amaze me I'm so professorly it says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, you can look at that and you can just open the Bible and you can just start reading and you could think, well, I'm going to get faith. You know, faith's just going to happen. It's just, it's like, it's like somebody saying, boom, faith. But you got to really go deeper with, the, with that verse. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing comes by the word of God. You've got to hear from God. You've got to believe that God said it and you got to believe in the God that said it. you got to believe not only is he God, is he able, you got your vision of him will, will only as increase as your faith in him does. Your, your vision of God has got to be built on this faith. We have to look at things and we got to say, it comes by me hearing this word. I want to hear. I, I don't want to just see it on a page and, and, and read it in my mind like I'm reading a textbook, right? You know, so many times we take something, we read it, and, and later on they say, now, what, you know, have you ever had to do a book report? I did, and I was really bad at it because I, I skim read everything I read, right? So when they ask me what it was actually about, I'm like, I know about three things, you know, in a 50-page book or a 100-page book. That's why I really liked it when I started reading all those little bitty books like that Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland. And, they put the, and then Brother, now Brother Moore's got Love Loves Me. And, I mean, that's nice because they're little bitty. Right? You can read them and read them, and, man, they're good. But, but I, wanna, I don't want to just skim it kind of like our chapter. You don't want to just throw it up there and say, okay, I read it. You're, you're wanting faith to come. Every time you open the Word, you're desiring faith to come. You're desiring to get something from God that you didn't have before. Amen? To grow at a level that you hadn't before. And better yet, to see him differently. Not, not because he's different, because you couldn't see that good before. But now because you read and faith came, revelation, and, and he, he's beginning to reveal himself to us. He, he reveals himself to us through his word and through faith in his word. What you don't believe about him doesn't make it not true. 
right? Or what you believe wrong about him doesn't make that true. You know, there's people all over the world that'll say God's good, and then they'll tell you how he took away somebody or or made them broke. Or, and, and how do you reconcile that? You cannot reconcile that. <laughs> you, you know, he knocked me down so I could look up. No, he asked you to look up, and you fell. You, you, you didn't do it, so you fell down because you tripped over your own feet. I know because I've done it. And, but, but the difference was I didn't spend a bunch of time believing God had a hand in it. The only hand he had in it was when he told me to stop. Quit going that way. It's not a good way. And you could hear it over and over again, but yet I'm still going like this. <laughs> and he's saying, don't go that way. I'm like, okay, Lord. No, stop. Okay, Lord. It's like your kids. They do the same thing. Right? I remember when Ramsey had said, no, Ramsey, you can't do that. Okay, Dad. No, no, Rams, Rams, no, no. And the next thing I know, she's in the refrigerator, and I have to actually walk over and get her away from it. Why? Because we're not, she's not hearing with me thinking I'm being good. Right? She thinks I'm just keeping her away from something. But that's wrong hearing. It's going to give her wrong vision of who I am. When you hear wrong, you'll see wrong. Amen? Whatever, you know, it's just, every, your, your hearing gives you vision. You know, I know uh, I heard Brother Copeland and several others do this years ago, but they said, if I say black dog, every person in here will picture a black dog. Right? But it won't be the same black dog unless you're probably in the same family and so you see the same dog. So it create, that what I said created a vision. The Word of God can create a vision or it cannot. If, if you don't read it with the expectation to receive from it, it will not give you a vision of God. But everything we read about God and in His Word should bring faith in God. Amen? And, and, and it's faith in the truth of God, the faith of who God is. It, um, being healed is not what gives you faith to be healed. You had faith to be healed, you were healed. Amen? Um, you had faith to be saved before you were saved. Let me rephrase that. You had faith to be saved before you received salvation. Salvation was already there, but you had to have faith to reach out and grab it. Healing's the same way. The things that we receive from God will get by vision. Amen? And you're, you'll get that vision by hearing, and you'll get you'll, you, what you see and what, what you see about God. That's why it's so important to believe a foundational truths about God and not people's lack of experience. Foundational truths, God's good, He's only good. Foundational truths, God's love, He's only love. Foundational truths, that they, they override all this junk that your own mind and my own mind will try to put in there. You don't have to go to, so, you know, people say, ah, I went to that. They're all full of religious tradition. Your mind will say the same thing if you'll just sit there and let it for a minute. Why? Because your flesh, it's, it, it's, it's still trying to lead. It's still trying to lead. And, and, and as long as we reject those thoughts, 
If there weren't going to be imaginations to cast down, he wouldn't have told us to cast down imaginations. These are the imaginations. The first imagination we need to learn to cast down is bad teaching. I mean, whether it's your own teaching or whether you heard it somewhere else, if it doesn't line up with God is good and God is love and God is for you, not against you, and God is on your side and God is a good God, then you, you reject it. And, and if you don't reject it, find out where it's not true. When I started doing Bible studies, we still haven't gotten into the verse I said turn to, did we? When I started doing Bible studies, I found people wanted to prove God wasn't good so that they could be right. And I'm like, that's, that was weird to me because I had grown up with my mom, and even though I wasn't serving God at most, most of that time, I knew better. I mean, even when I wasn't serving God, if people would come to me and say, oh, God, he's not all that good, I'd say, oh, you're wrong. I'd do it in a stupid way, but I'd tell them they were wrong. <laughs> Why? Because I knew better. Why? I had foundational truths that were built into my life that I was established on. And when you're established on something, you can now trust in that God. When, when, you, get un, when you get untruths, you can't establish on them. There's nothing to establish on because they're not true. Amen? Now we can look at Isaiah. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. That word peace means safety, health, prosperity, contentment, completeness, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace. Amen? God said, He'll keep him in perfect peace. You know, a lot of people would just like that verse to jump on him just like that. Don't, don't even need to read the rest of it. But see, that, that's, that's that situational Christianity. Um, because whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. The, the, those aren't two separate things either. Your mind's stayed on him because you trust in him. If you don't trust in him, your mind won't be stayed on him. What you trust in, your mind is stayed on. If you look at people who trust in riches, their mind is always on riches. Their mind is on their business, how they can make more money, how they can keep the money they got, how things can go better for them in what they're doing. When, when people are focused on the Word of God, when their mind is stayed, which that word stayed means established, amen, established in, and, and that's when, when your mind is stayed on something, in other words, it doesn't get off of it, Amen. And so if, if your mind has stayed there, then you're not over here and over here and over here and up there and up there. And, you're, and, and your mind has stayed on him. Your mind has stayed on what he's doing. And, it, and literally that word mind means intellectual framework. Your mind has framed itself around God's word. Let me rephrase that. God's word has framed itself around your mind. Amen. God's Word has now framed itself so you are now engulfed in God's Word. And, and it's, it's your intellectual framework. And it's not just your mind. It's also the other, the other way that they described it was the imaginations of the thought of the heart. The mind is the imaginations of the thought of the heart. If you look at that, I thought it was interesting. That's a long way to say mind. But in uh, First Chronicles, I think it's 29... Look at First Chronicles 29, 
18, just, just for fun. It says, and this is David praying, he says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the hearts of thy people. And that was what, what David was really saying right there. Keep this forever in the minds of the people. Isn't it so much better said this way? Aren't you glad David was a poet? Because the imaginations of the thoughts of the heart of, is, is so much greater than what we've made the mind these days. You say, would you mind not doing that? Well, 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 get, get your head out of there. You know, the, the mind has become, it's become your, your brain. That's not at all what God's talking about. He says, when your mind is stayed on me, the imaginations of your thought, the thoughts of your heart are on me at all times. And there's another word that means to ponder. So you're focusing, you're, you're thinking about him all the time. Your mind is stayed in him. But the reason your mind is stayed in him is because you trust him. Because you trust him. Trust is the path to peace. Trust is the path to peace. Because when you trust him, you'll keep your mind on him. And see, trust in, you know, in my life, I, I, you know, I'm gaining ground all the time and I'm believing to gain even more ground. But sometimes we make it so situational, right? <laughs> you know, because one day we trust in ourselves. You know, oh, I got this, Lord. You know, and you don't, you don't say that, but you're doing it on your own, so you must have said, I got this. And so you're doing it on your own. Who are you trusting in? You know, Jeremiah 17 says, the man that trusts in the arm of the flesh is cursed. God didn't curse him. He's cursed because he's trusting in the wrong thing. When, when, why? Because now what you're trusting in has become your vision, and if your vision is only you, you're in trouble. If your vision is someone else helping you, you're in trouble. But what's he say? He says, blessed is the man that trusts, puts his hope in the Lord. Why? Because that's now where he's getting his vision. He's getting his vision from his confidence, his boldness in who God is. And when he has that foundational truth that he's rooted in, that trust, now he's not swaying. See, and, and we tend to sway. You know, one day, trust in me. And see, that's double-minded. That's wavering. If you notice, one of the words uh, for trust, uh, see, what was it? It's really good. I like the way they put it. Or stayed. One of the words for stayed in was to lean hard to. So if you're stayed in your word and you're stayed in God's word and you're leaning this way and then tomorrow you're leaning this way, you know what you're doing? You're wavering. That's, that is the perfect definition of wavering. You're going like this all the time. And what God's saying is lean hard. Lean hard to my word. Lean hard, to, so hard that you can't be pulled back the other way. I got a tree in my yard that, that's completely leaned like this and it won't come out of that position because it got stuck on another tree and it's been there so long, that's now the shape of it. If you'll lean long enough and hard enough to the Word of God, that will be your shape. That will be your condition. When things are happening in your life, you're already leaned, so you're, you're established in the truth, stayed in the Word, then, then peace comes. You, everything we do is up to us. It's we stay in the Word. It's not, you, you don't pray, Lord, keep me in your Word. No, he said, you stay, and you, you keep your mind stayed in the Word, right? And, and I'll, bring, I'll, I'll give you peace. 
perfect peace to someone whose mind is stayed in the word because they trust him. They're, they're, in other words, I trust in you. It's causing me to stay in your word at all times. Why? Because my trust in him is now giving me, is built on my vision of him. My trust in him, why do I rely on him? Because I believe in what the Bible says about him. I believe in what he's told me. Not not how many testimonies I have, what the Bible says. The Bible says he's good. I believe that when he says you'll be cursed if you trust in your own flesh, you'll be blessed if you'll trust in him. I believe that that's truth. Not because he wants someone to be in the curse. He wants them to know there's only two paths. Amen? And, and when we have those two paths, our vision is either over here or our vision's over here. When our vision is by, with Him, we're blessed. Why? Because we're seeing God. We're seeing who He is. We're seeing His goodness. We're, we're, we're trusting in Him. We're boldly following and confidently being with Him and keeping our minds stayed on what He said, what, what He is, not, not all these, this other junk that can be out, not even our own thoughts. Because your own thoughts will will try to trip you up. Amen? Because you got a humanness to you. You're saved, I'm saved, but there's still some flesh around there. And every now and then it tries to tell you stupid things. <laughs> Maybe yours doesn't, mine still does. Now, the only difference is, is that as you grow up in Christ, you recognize those stupid things quicker. Right, and you, and you get out. You say, "What? You even that's stupid. Stop that. Quit thinking that." Amen. And then don't get hurt by yourself, but talk to yourself. Don't get offended with you. Right? I've called myself stupid, and I'm still not offended with me. Amen. I feel good about me. I am thankful that I am and mature enough to call myself stupid when I am, and change it. Amen. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him. That thee and the last thee are the same thee. It's, it's, it's God. And, and as our vision of him increases and, and grows in the revelation of his goodness and, and as, we, as we hear his word and we have more faith, if, if somebody preaches the word wrong, you can't have faith in that because it's not the word now. When you begin to add stuff to things, it's no longer the word. Okay, here I'll give you a test, a food test. A taco is a corn tortilla with ground beef, lettuce, cheese, and tomato. You don't, ha- you don't have to call it anything else because now that's a taco. Now, if you, add, if you take away the ground beef and you put fish in it, it's now a fish taco. It's no longer a taco. It's a fish taco. If you put chicken in it, it's a chicken taco. But if you make it the way it is, just like the Word of God, if you don't add to it or take away from it or rename it or, or put junk in it, it's a taco. Right? You don't have to go to Taco Bell, go up to the window and say, I want a taco. And they say, what's that? You know, what's really sad is now they have to ask you whether it's chicken or beef. If I wanted a chicken taco, I'd have said chicken taco because that's not a taco. (laughs) 
Now that may not be as set in stone and unchangeable as God's Word. (laughs) But over the years, a taco's been a taco, right? And it's great if you like fish and you want to have a fish taco, but call it a fish taco because it's not a taco anymore. But with the Word of God, don't add things, don't add your lack of experience or what you think is experience to it, and don't take away from it because it doesn't match up with your experience. Call it truth, trust in Him, and believe He's good. Do those things which is keep your mind stayed in who He is and let your faith be built on the goodness and the love and the kindness and who He truly is. Don't Because it's too easy in our humanness to open up the Bible and not understand it and immediately say, well, it looks to me like God just wiped those people out. <laughs> and now your vision of God is skewed to the point you can't have faith in Him. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Well, you just heard His Word wrong. Now the Word that you heard has skewed your faith because you believe something that's not true about God. And you can't trust in what you don't believe. Amen? Because when he says he heals and you say, I don't believe he heals, well, that doesn't make I don't believe he heals truth. Truth is in the Word, and it says he already healed. Amen? And, and so for us to, to allow these things to skew our vision of God, then they, they, they skew what we believe about him and what we have in our own life. You can't keep your mind stayed on untruths. Untruths, is that a word? It's a nightly word tonight. It's very situational and we like it. Amen? But you can't. You can, you, if you keep your mind stayed on untruth, you won't have perfect peace. And, and this word is true. I remember uh, Kim was reading me this, and I'd actually read it before, but there was, Brother Hagen was talking about somebody had come up to him and saying, I just can't, I'm, I don't have any peace. I, I, can't, I can't get peace. And I don't remember what the question was. And he said, well, I can tell you what's wrong. And they go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're not, your mind's not stayed in the, in the Lord. He said, because the Word says, if your mind stayed in the Word and you trust in Him, you'll have perfect peace. And so, You know, that's why I like Brother Hagin. He didn't beat around the bush. Right? He, he didn't say, well, maybe, maybe God's Word just didn't work for you. Because he knew better, and he wasn't going to, keep, he wasn't going to step off of the truth to make somebody feel better because it won't help them. Amen? If you tell your child while it's growing up that 2 plus 2 equals 5, it never will just because you don't want them to be wrong. Well, don't tell them they're wrong right now. It'll hurt them. They, just, they might not want to go back to school. <laughs> they don't get a choice whether to go back to school. Right? I mean, let's not change the, the game plan here. But it's not going to help them to let them be wrong all their life. It's, it, and that's what, the, that's what God's saying. He's saying, I'm going to give you foundational truths about me that you can trust in. You can, you can plant your flag in it. And you cannot waver, lean hard into it every day of your life. And, and it will work it, 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 because it already worked. He didn't say you might have peace. He said, I'll keep you in peace whose mind has stayed on me because you trust me. Amen? Amen. And see, so, so many times we, we, we look at that and we say, he'll keep me in perfect peace if I just keep my mind. And so you sit there and work on keeping your mind in him. You won't have any problem keeping your mind stayed on him if you trust him because that's where your hope is. Where your hope is is what you're looking to. It's what you're expecting. It's what, it's what you're hoping for. 
not a wish. You're looking for that to happen. So when you trust in him, your hope is in him, and, and you're not going to be ashamed. No one has ever trusted God and been made ashamed. Amen? Amen. They've never put their hope in God and been made ashamed. But, the, but our vision, again, of him has to stay true to his word. Amen? I'll tell you, let's look at a couple of parables that Jesus, Jesus talked about. Look at the parable of the, uh, well, well, we won't read the whole parable because it's long, but the parable of the, the uh, vineyard owner where he hired the guys and he, he, said, he said, you know what, I'm going to give you a penny, go out there, work, and get the, some people came later, whatever's right, I'll pay you, go out and work. Later, whatever's right, I'll pay you, go out and work. And later, the last, I mean, one hour before closing time, Last group. What are you standing around for? No one's hired. Go out. I'll pay you whatever's right. So at the end of the day, lines them all up and says, pay the last ones first. So he gets the ones that only worked an hour, gives them the same penny those guys down at the end. They look down and say, ooh, they got a penny. We must be getting way more than a penny. Why would you think that? Because your eyes messed up, right? If you're a Christian and you're standing in line to get something, and the person down there gets something great. Should you be thinking about how much you're getting or rejoicing over how much they got? Amen? And, and see, they weren't. Why? Because their eye was evil. When your eye's evil, you can't see right. And, and that doesn't mean that they were mean people or bad people. You know, when I first read that years and years ago, I thought, man, that is kind of wrong. Why? Because my eye was evil. <laughs> my eye couldn't see right. You have to gain faith in the Word of God, not in your business practices, to see what God's doing. Amen? He gave them exactly what He told them He, told them he would give them, but they saw something different. They saw He should give me more than them because we worked harder. They were, try, they were trying to get something for their works. He was giving them something for their works, exactly what He told them. Amen? But his, and, and he said it, that verse, uh, um, Matthew 20, verse 15. says, is it not lawful? Verse uh, 20, 15, there we go. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is your eye evil because I am good? When, when somebody looks at somebody's fortune and gets envious, then they saw wrong. Because if you had the eye that's full of light, right? Remember in Matthew 6, he says, You're, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if it's full of light, then you'll be full of light. If, it's, if your light is darkness, how great is your darkness? In other words, if you, everything you see that you think is light. See, because I, when I first read that, and I thought, well, you know, they kind of got a point. My, my light was darkness. Why? Because I didn't see it right. And that, that's what people don't do with the Bible. When they don't see something right, they just take what they see as right. If you don't see it as God's good, study until you do, because you're missing something. If you don't see that he operated in love, study it again. You're missing something. Every time I've studied with that purpose in my heart, I've always gotten an answer. Why? Because he's, he's always good. 
They, they, they called him unjust. Well, the word says he's just. They called him unfaithful. The word says he's faithful. Why? Because they saw it differently than what the Lord saw. The Lord wants you to see his way. It's not narrow. It's right. And it's good. Amen? Amen. Look, at, look at the talents. Uh, Matthew 25. You had five, two, and one, right? Five, two, and one. The one that received five, it, doesn't, it says he went out, made five more. The, the master came back, wasn't a bit upset. Said, well done, well done. The one that did two, same thing. Went out, made two more. Master came back, well done. Their vision of the master must have been way different than the vision of the one with one. What the one with one say? Look at verse. One with one, verse 24, 25, 24. It says, Then he which received one came and said, Lord, I knew that you're a hard man. Well, the other two must not have known that. They must not have known that he was a hard man, that he reaped where he didn't sow and gathered where he hadn't strawed. And... So he went and hid his he went and hid his talent. He was afraid. Key key word right there. Anytime anytime somebody says I was afraid, you know it had nothing to do with God and their vision was skewed. Why? You can't see in fear. You can't see, hear, or feel in fear of God. Your your godly senses are now completely useless when you're in fear, when you're in offense, when you're angry. When you're, when you're not walking in love, amen? When, you, when you're doing things that are contrary to the, the Spirit of God in you, then you no longer can, can be led by the, the, the spiritual senses given you. You, you. That's why he said be careful how you hear. Why? Because you have a spiritual hearing sense that you can hear the Word of God rightly. You can hear and you can see who He is by hearing what He says. But if you don't hear it right, you won't see him right. And when you don't see him right, then you're then you 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 got nothing to trust in. It's not a wonder you've got groups of people that trust in themselves every day because they don't believe they can trust God. Amen. You know, my mom, when she was 20 years old, her uh, her mother who had some issues, medical issues, and other things. Um, took her own life, and she also killed her six and seven year old brother and sister at the same time. And after this happened, she went to the church, of course, and of course they told her, "Well, you know, everything's the will of God. If it happened, that you know, it, God, God had something to do with it." And uh, she had four; she had uh, two kids at that time, actually. Actually, she just had one because I just was born right after that. But she she immediately quit going to church and said, "If that's God, I can't trust you with my family." And you know, if somebody's telling you that and you don't really know any better, then you could see why that would pull you away. But it wasn't truth. There was nothing she could establish in. There was nothing she could trust in. So what? I can't trust you. Why? If, you, if it's something you can't trust God, it's not God. And it has nothing to do with God. 
And, and, and so by, by, by doing that, they pulled her away. Now, don't get me wrong, she still is responsible for what she believes. And thank God she got a hold of the truth. And when she did, man, she went from, she went from light, she went from dark to light. I mean, two of the kids in my family don't remember her when she wasn't saved. <laughs> and I barely do. Because when she changed, when the light of the truth of the gospel that she could trust in came into her heart, she never backed off. She never backed off a minute, a day. In fact, is you never talked to her unless you were getting ready to talk about Jesus. If you talked to her about work, Jesus was going to be involved. Because nothing revolved around her life. Her mind was stayed on the goodness of God. And she never backed off of it from that day forward. And she told God, she said, I'm either never going to serve you or I'm going to serve you with all that I am. And I choose to serve you with all that I am. And she did it from that day on. Glory to God. Thank God for the truth of God's word. That's not credit to my mother. That's credit to the truth and the power and the anointing of faith comes by hearing. She heard the truth. And when she heard it, it changed her. It, it, that's what truth does. That's what, and it enabled her to establish herself and trust God in everything that he said, everything that he did. Because why? Now I know he's not a mean God. He's not a bad God. He's not taking people out of this world. He receives them gladly. But he's not taking them. Amen? And he's, he's doing everything he can every moment to get you out, to rescue you, to pull you, to, to get you through, to bring something to you that will get you to receive. And, and if you don't, he, he, he receives you into glory. What, what, what a horrible thing, huh? Man, if I just don't get it here, i got to go be with Jesus. I want to get it here, and I want to spend all the days I can here. But I know, I know what happens. If I miss a step, his foot's right under me. Or his hand. He's taking care of me. I trust him. I trust him. I I see his word and I see him through his word. He's not a hard man. And that's supposed to be a representative of God. And this man with one talent saying, you're a hard man. You you, you reap where you haven't sown. You you sow where you haven't straw. You, You know, you're a hard man. And these other two men, witnesses... Why? Because they took the same thing that God, that, that the Lord gave them and they went out and made more. Why? You, you don't do that for someone you don't trust. If they, would, they should have been afraid too if he was a hard man. They weren't afraid. When you come to yourself like the prodigal son did, you, you, you remember who God truly is. The dad and that represented God. And when he came to himself, if we keep putting the word of God in ourselves, even if you get out there doing something stupid, way out there doing things you ought not do, if you get there, get away from God, one day you could just come to yourself. Say, wait a minute. God's good. He's not doing anything. I could go back to God just like that, and it would be better for me than ever out here in the world. Amen? Why? Because when if you'll plant that vision in you, it won't leave you. That's why, that's why in Proverbs it says, train up a child in the way they should go. Plant the vision of who God is in them now. Plant the vision 
of the goodness of God in those kids now. And later on, even if they didn't get it from you, they didn't get it all the time, one day they'll say, wait, God's good. I'm going to serve him. You know, they may do it every day of their life, but if they don't, they're going to do it. Don't quit on them. They're going to do it. I'm proof. They're going to do it. Amen? And they're going to do it gladly. Why? Because now they know God. Now they're established and trusting in Him, and now their mind has stayed on Him, and He's keeping them in perfect peace. But we want to get to peace, but we don't want to get to it all the time. Well, you can't have it that way. Amen? You're either going to be stayed or you can't, you can't be stayed on something and then unstayed. And, and, I, and I've done it. I mean, we've all done it, right? I mean, man, when something bad's going on, you, man, you're stayed on the Word. But when everything's okay, sometimes you're in, sometimes you don't, right? Everything's good, going to church this Sunday, maybe, <laughs> right? Y'all, y'all, oh, listen to this tape, listen to this CD, it's great. Oh, okay, thanks. But man, when, you, when you're going through something, somebody gives you a CD, you, you gobble it up. You're going through something. What, what's on your TV? Faith school. You're going through. You know what? Faith school's good when you're not. I, I watched it the other night. You I mean because it'll play? Uh, YouTube it, man. It'll just sit there and play. I mean, I, I woke up at one. There was faith school. Brother Moore was talking about all, all God doesn't. Uh, he's equal. He was, he's saying it's not always equal. Why? He gave five and two. It wasn't equal. It was according, but they. It was equal to them. It, it was good though. I, I'm, I'm not going to try and go back to it. I skimmed it at 1:30 in the morning. But, but faith school, it, it, it's good all the time. And it's part of keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. What becomes important to you? What becomes your focus? What, what are you established in? What you're established in is what you're going to look to. Amen? Man, we haven't got to hardly any verses. We're doing great, though. Lord's helping us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at... Uh, um, I'll tell you about Matthew 13. You guys go to 2 Timothy 1. Matthew 13, 20, parable of the sower. Um, parable of the second one was shallow ground. When you have shallow ground, it's somebody that hears the word, but because what they, what they heard didn't happen or the way they thought it should happen, that causes them to distrust the word. When you, can't have, when you can't trust the Word, you won't be established in it. Well, it's quicksand then. The Word's never quicksand. When you're in the Word, you are on something so solid that you can't be taken off. When, 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 you have, when your hearing is messed up, your vision's messed up. So they, he heard, they heard the Word, but they didn't hear it right. Why? Because they were shallow, and they got offended. And they got offended, and as they got offended, nothing grew. Why? Can't produce you got a hard ground, nothing's going to happen. Why? Because what you heard didn't line up with who he is. Everything we hear has to line up with who he is. And just because you didn't hear it right doesn't change who he is. Somebody's skewing the word to fit their, to fit their what's the word they always use now? Narrative. That's the new word of the day, narrative. False narrative, true narrative, my truth, your truth, blah, blah, blah. But when you, when you skew the word to fit your narrative, 
then it's going to mess things up because you can't trust in that. Why? Because you made it fit. God didn't bring you to it. You made it fit. You know, people, the parents are always wondering, why doesn't my child just serve the Lord? I, I brought them up to serve the Lord all their life. They still have to fit it. They, they still have to put themselves on this trust. It's not up to you to put them on trust. It's up to you to train them up in the way they should go. And the hardest thing you're ever going to do after that, and I'm still doing it at 27, is believe they'll hit the right path. Amen? The path that keeps you in peace, trusting God. Amen? And, and, and these are things that we, we as, as Christians, we need to watch it. We don't want to tell people, you know, it's, it's not just what you think about a situation. What did God tell you to tell somebody about a situation? If he doesn't give you a word, it's not time to mull it over until you come to some kind of reasoning agreement. You know, you got people that want to talk, talk it out. Well, God doesn't, you know, if you look at it in the Bible, God rarely talks it out. The only time that I see where he really talked it out, the, the person he was talking to stayed shut up for about three chapters, Job. Amen? Because God finally said, you know what? You sit and listen. I'm getting ready to talk. Amen? Why? Because Job's vision of God was skewed because of everything that he didn't know. So the minute he knew it, the, mo- the minute God revealed himself to him, what Job do? He said, forgive me. I've spoken, too, I've spoken things too wonderful for me to know. Now that's somebody that wants to trust in the Lord. Well, what did he do? He said, God just revealed himself to me. I've been stupid. I've been saying things that I don't even know what her truth is. But now I know the truth, and I'm establishing that my trust in him. I'm staying in the word he just spoke to me for the last three chapters. I'm not moving off of God. And, and that's, see, but even us today, if you, if you go to different areas, they'll, they'll tell you God was mean to Job. Or they're just like Job. Poor as Job's turkey. I don't know how Job, how poor Job's turkey was, but yeah, people use Job. It's it's an excuse to fail, rather than using the truth as an excuse to succeed. Because it ain't even an excuse. You'll just succeed. Amen. We can trust God. Did I say you go to Second Timothy one, verse twelve? 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, For for the which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. That word believed there means trusted. I know whom I have trusted. I know where I'm established. I know where I'm confident. I know where I'm confirmed and I'm firm in. In other words, I'm not swaying. I'm not leaning one way or another. I'm staying. Amen? And, 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 and when you trust him like that, then, then you're persuaded. That word persuaded means trust again. Then I'm trusting. I'm established in. I'm confident. Same, uh, you know what? That's the same word persuaded as uh, Mark 10. Um, and since I just forgot what they were talking about in Mark 10, we'll, we'll skip that. And I'm persuaded that he is able. No, we won't skip that. Go to Mark 10. I think it's verse 23. It's the same word, and I just want to want you to see it. Yeah. Yeah, hard, how hardly shall thee that have riches enter in the kingdom of God, verse 24. 
His disciples were astonished, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust. That same word trust right there is the same as I am persuaded. Right? So what he's saying is those who are fully persuaded in riches, it's really difficult for them. He, and he didn't say you couldn't. You know, the, the disciples obviously were rich men or they wouldn't have been astonished, right? People don't want to believe that either. Why else would you be astonished? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that you're rich. Amen? Glory to God. Where was I? Oh, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him to, against that day. In other words, I'm established in, in, in my trust in who he is. Why? Because I know. See, that's where we're going to get to. I know whom I have believed in. I, not, not I, think he, I think he said this. I hope he said that. I'm not sure he did this, but maybe he'll. He's not saying I'm trying God. I'm not trying him. I'm trusting him. Trying is not trusting. If you find yourself trying things, I remember years and years ago when I first started ministering a little bit, and, you know, I was people that were sick and they wanted to be prayed for. And I said, man, I'd, I'd go get prayed for by anybody that would pray for me if I were sick. Well, that's not, that's, that's trying. How many people do you need to pray for you? None. You actually need none to pray for you to receive healing. But when we begin trying, why? We're not trusting. We're not established in the truth. Therefore, our mind can't stay on, the, on, on him. Why? Because we aren't trusting. You have to trust to stay. No trust, no stay. No stay, no peace. We want it all, right? We want to we trust, stay, and have peace. Glory to God. Look at Philippians. Of course, you couldn't end this without going to Philippians, right? Whew, thank you, Lord. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Remember the taco. If you guys just remember the taco tonight. You order a taco, what are you going to get? You're going to get a tortilla with ground beef, lettuce, cheese, and tomato. If you get a fish taco, you're going to have to say fish taco. That's all I'm going to say about that. That is a present truth. <laughs> it's being changed, which proves that it's not eternal. <laughs> Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you know the reason I went all the way up to 4 is because, again, we like situational Bible. So we pull verse 7 out. What is it, verse 7 out of there? Yeah, verse 7. We pull it out of there, or verse 6 and 7 we'll put together. But you know that all this goes together? <laughs> if you're not rejoicing, you're not going to pray in faith. Right? So if you cut out verse 4, then you might as well cut out verse 5. You might as well cut out. Why? Because you're not rejoicing. He, he's, he's preaching, and he says, Here, here's, the, here's how it works. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And he says, let your gentleness, moderation, gentleness. But in other words, be kind. Be a kind person, and let it be known to all men, not just the ones in church. In other words, after church is over, go out and be kind to people just like you were to the ones in church. Yeah. And he said, because the Lord's at hand. It's the same thing we preached the other night. You know, uh, when we were talking about Peter, um, 
God is coming back. But what we should think when we see that is there's a lot of people not going if he comes back. We shouldn't say, yay, yes, we should be glad he's going to come back and it's going to be victorious. But a Christian should be thinking just like God. Amen? So the, the, the day of the Lord is at hand. Next verse. And then after you've rejoiced and you're kind, in other words, you're consistent, you're, you're constantly a, a, a person of faith. You're consistent. You let your gentleness be known to all men. So you're kind and you're, and you're rejoicing. What? You're, you're happy. Amen? You know, people see a happy Christian. That's what they ought to see. Happy Christians. Not Christians. Oh, man, i, I got to get in some prayer. Well, that's just not good for me. Uh, I know you don't go to church. You probably don't even understand how bad it can be for a Christian. What in the world? <laughs> what kind of witness is that? <laughs> we should be letting them understand how good it is no matter what. We could sing in prison just like Paul did. If, if it gets the jailer and his family saved, sing it up. Amen? That's what we're talking about. I know we'd have to build that one up too. So. But we could do it. Amen? <laughs> Back to, <laughs> be careful. Take thought for nothing. Be careful. In other words, don't, take, don't be established in your thoughts. Don't be stayed on your thinking. Be careful for nothing. Keep your mind stayed. On God, be careful for nothing. Keep your mind stayed on God. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't don't take thought. If you take thought, get rid of the rest of the verse, because you can't take thought and prayer and give prayer and supplication. If you're taking thought, you need to change your thought. Thought means care. If you've taken on care and worry, he says, don't, don't worry. How do you not worry? Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You can't worry and seek first the kingdom of God. It's not possible. It's not possible. When, when I was in the most debt I could possibly be in, no way out, there wasn't going to be a way out, all of a sudden I sought first the kingdom of God. And I never thought about it. I mean, I w- people probably called me stupid. Look at him. He's happy and, and he's going down. I don't even understand that. But I didn't. Why? Because you can't seek ye first the kingdom of God and worry. He wouldn't, he, he's giving the antidote to worry. The antidote to worry is seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're not going to be worried. Why? Because you can trust him. You can trust him. What are you doing? You're keep, what's he saying? Keep your mind stayed on me and trust me and you'll have perfect peace. The, the, you put these things together. You rejoice. You 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 let you you be kind. You 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 recognize the, the the signs of the time, and you work without fear. You walk without worry. The the things of life are not your problem because God said He'll take care of them if you'll keep your mind stayed on Him. You'll seek Him first. You pray supplications. Take no thought. With thanksgiving, you can't be thankful and worry. <laughs> you ever seen somebody? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm just so thankful. I, life stinks. Thank you, Lord. Well, you're, we're thanking him for the stink. 
That's not what he's talking about when he says be thankful in all things. Right? He didn't say be thankful for the stink. Be thankful for the God that pulls you out of the stink. Amen? And when you're thankful for the God that pulls you out of the stink, then you're not worrying about the stink anymore while you're coming out. You're never worrying about something you're overcoming. Amen? And you're keeping your mind stayed on Him, and you have peace. And that's what He says when you, when you begin to pray. Take no thought. Don't, don't be anxious for anything. But, by, but, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to not, known to God. What's He saying? There's a way to let your, name be, your, the, your request be known, and it's not in worry. Too much prayer is happening in worry. How do you know? Oh, I guess we better pray. <laughs> Whew. Guess we better pray. It's come down to that. That's worry prayer right there. Faith prayer says, hey, come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Why? You're already rejoicing. You're, right? you're happy. You're kind. And you know God loves you and the love of God's in you. And now you're getting ready to pray. Why? Because as you pray this way, taking no thought, being anxious for nothing, and, and being thankful. And then you make your request be made. Don't, don't make your We're trying to get thankful by making our request known. We want to we make our request known and then be thankful because we made our request known. He says, be thankful before you make your request known. And when you're, when you're this way, peace, the, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. This is, these are the paths to peace. You don't worry. You don't, you don't miscue looking at God wrong. You don't, you don't have a, a, a skewed vision of who the Father is. You, you, you lean to Him. You lean hard into His Word. You, you, you're established in His truth, so you trust Him. You're confident in what He told you, and, and you can't be moved. Why? Because your mind stayed on Him. When your mind stayed on Him, you can't be moved. Your prayers line up. Why? Because you followed the, the recipe, if you will. You know, I, I, I like chocolate chip cookies, but people think they can make them better. You can't. <laughs> Stop putting other things in them. It's, it is the perfect cookie. Doesn't need help. Follow the recipe. Do with the word of God again that's not a present truth but this is if we'll rejoice in the Lord if we'll let our gentleness be made known and we'll realize the day of the Lord is at hand this gives you an urgency to what you're doing in this earth realizing the times gives you gives you a love and a compassion for people that you don't have otherwise well they got time yeah well hopefully they got time no, we want them to have time. We want them to get saved now. We don't know. We don't know what's happening to them tomorrow. Amen? If they'll get saved, we do know what could happen to them tomorrow. When we do all those things, when we put it together right, it's just like love. It's just like all the other things of God. Don't, don't pull out the parts you think you can do and start doing a, a chocolate chip cookie without sugar. Yuck. Okay? Just don't do it. Prayer without thanksgiving, yuck. <laughs> Prayer with worry, yuck. It's not going to work. When, when, when you realize what you have to do, do it with all your heart. 
begin to put your heart into it. When you put your heart into this, you say, oh, I'm rejoicing. You know what? I'm getting ready to pray, so I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to have joy. Why? Because it's my strength. I'm going to pray strong. I'm going to pray strong. Why? Because I love people. I got the kindness and love of God in me, and I'm going to let everybody know, and I'm getting ready to pray. And when I pray, I'm going to ask for the things, that, and then I'm going to be thankful. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to be thankful, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to make my request known. Amen? And in doing that, the peace of God. I've done everything else. The peace of God's now coming. Why? Because it has to. See, we're not trying this. When we do this, the peace that passes understanding is happening. If it didn't happen, we're trying it. In other words, if you get down and pray and say, man, I hope the peace that passes, you're already worrying, you're anxious. You're anxious that the peace that passes understanding is not going to come. We're anxious about being anxious. I sure hope I'm not worrying. That would really concern me. <laughs> Let's don't do that, right? Let's not worry. Let's, get, let's be anxious for nothing, but realize that the God that we know whom we have believed, He's a good God doing good things, loves us, loves people, wants to work in us and through us to do so many good things. And as we do them in, the, in, the, in, the, in the being stayed in the Word, when you're stayed in the Word, you see that He said rejoice. You see that He said let your gentleness be known. You see that He said realize what times you're in. And you see that you can pray supplications, thanksgiving, with all that in your heart, let those requests be made. And then expect. Sit up and take a deep breath. Why? Because the peace, and why does it pass understanding? Because ain't nobody in the world going to understand how you could have peace about it. Why? Because they're in the world. You, you just went out of the world. You went outside. You went to your other citizenship. You went straight to, to the Father, and you said, Father, I know you're good. I've, I've kept my mind in your word. I've kept my mind in who you are, and I trust you. And, and I'm expecting this to happen. I'm expecting. I'm asking for this. I'm making my request known here, and I know that you're a good God. And when I get up from here, I thank you that that's finished. And then the peace of God, which passes understanding, comes on, right? It says in the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep. What, what will it keep? It will keep your heart, your thoughts. It keeps you centered. You know the peace of God keeps you in the center of the road. It keeps you, it keeps you out of this ditch. It keeps you out of that ditch. It keeps you in, in the middle. Amen? In your mind, it keeps your perception and your thoughts through Christ Jesus. In other words, everything I think and, and do, my perception of who God is, of what's going on here today, is I, I, I see it through Christ. I no longer see it through human eyes. I no, no longer see it as impossible because all things are possible to him that believes. And as I believe this, I receive those things on those basis, trusting in him, stayed in him, perfect peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. I probably have enough notes. We could do that again next week. Or next time. Say that.
I'm going to say next week. I get to enjoy the honor of this pulpit. It's not mine. Thankful every moment that I get to be here. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Just thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you came in here worried, concerned, anxious, you came in here heavy, burdened, that's not God. That's not God. He had a better plan than that to start. Before you ever got worried, He had a plan for unworry. He had a plan for peace. And, and it was, you keep your mind stayed on me and trust. And if you'll do that, I'll keep you in perfect peace. And so tonight, don't leave here hurting, afraid, concerned. Leave here free. Leave here free. Take your mind, your imaginations of your heart and thought. Your imagination of the thoughts of your heart. Take it and put it on God. He's a good God. He's doing good things. He's never failed you no matter what you've heard, no matter what you've believed. He's never failed you. You can trust Him with every part of your life. And not only will it be good, it'll be better than you could ever do. Amen? So just raise your hands and yield to Him. Yield to the Spirit that you want to stay in. Say, Just say this with me. Thank you, Lord that you're a good God. I trust you. And I take my thoughts, imaginations of my heart, and I put them in your goodness, in your mercy, in your love, in your character, in your fatherhood towards me. And I reach out and I take hold of your word. And I have faith. And I refuse to think anything else. I plant myself firmly, leaning hard to you. And I have peace. I receive the peace that passes understanding. The peace, the perfect peace, knowing that you'll not fail me. I'll come out better than before, stronger than before, and victorious in all things. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Glory to God. You got a song, Miss Cheryl?